Let's get ready to rumble. In the red corner, weighing in at 40 years in the U.S. House of Representatives, representing Wisconsin's 5th Congressional District, the old-school, low-profile Republican lawmaker from Menominee Falls, Jim Sensenbrenner. And painted into the blue corner, even though he's a Republican, not a Democrat. Weighing in his special counsel investigating the president. And as former head of the FBI from Washington, D.C., a man of few words who pulls his punches, Robert Mueller. So, Scott, just like uh, every Democrat in D.C., I think you've overhyped this testimony. Come on, this is the bout of the century. This was kind of a dud. I mean, this, there wasn't, <laughs> there was not a lot there there. You're right. In fact, that wasn't just true of the five-minute exchange between Representative Sensenbrenner from Wisconsin and Robert Mueller. That was the whole four hours of testimony. I watched most of it, and I'm not getting those four hours back from my life. You know, it's those are gone. It's gone. I only listened to it, mostly in the car and running. I mean, they kind of do the same thing over again. The Democrats, everybody thanks Mueller for his service. Or thank mm-hmm. you for your service because he is a war hero of sorts. You know, yeah. and They thank him for his service, and then they either say, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and this testimony mm-hmm. is so damning of Trump, or the Republicans come in and say, it's totally a partisan witch hunt, and you're a competent idiot. And our guy meaning from Wisconsin, Representative Sensenbrenner, because of his seniority, because he's been in Congress so long. So long. His, his, he got his five minutes within the first hour. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about the exchange between Sensenbrenner and Mueller on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the political cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. The big headline from today, today's paper was, Trump still not exonerated, which we all knew. So that's sort of telling of what we learned. Nothing. I didn't watch Fox News, but I read that if you watched Fox News, the Jim Jordan exchange where he was really trying to press Mueller on why he didn't charge this one guy with lying to them when in the report it says he lied Yeah, and Mueller wouldn't answer his question. That got a lot of attention on Fox. I think the conspiracy theory is maybe this guy was a deep state agent or something. Yeah. Mueller wouldn't answer a lot of questions. Yeah. And until the end... When he basically warned everybody at the Democrats' urging that the Russians are still trying to hack our elections. Fake news, Scott. (laughs) He said they're doing it as this hearing was going on. Yeah. But we're going to focus on Representative Sensenbrenner's exchange with Robert Mueller. Uh, Sensenbrenner is a Republican who represents suburban Milwaukee, and actually his district extends as far west as Fort Atkinson, Lake Mills, and Waterloo. Sensenbrenner is one of 40 members on this Judiciary Committee that was the first committee that took testimony and asked questions of Mueller. So he only gets five minutes. So you got to try to score your points. And each person asks various questions. They don't do this blind, you know. Yeah. And so it's only five minutes. So why don't we just start the thing 
and then we'll just say what we think about it. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Uh, let me begin by reading the special counsel regulations by which you were appointed. It reads, quote, at the conclusion of the special counsel's work, he or she shall provide the attorney general with a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declinations decisions reached by the special counsel. That correct? Yes. Okay. Now, when a regulation uses the word shall provide, does it mean that the individual is in fact obligated to provide what's being demanded by the regulation or statute, meaning you don't have any wiggle room, right? I'd have to look more closely at the statute. Well, I just read it to you. Okay. Now, volume two, page one, your report boldly states we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial, prosecutorial judgment. Is that correct? I'm trying to find that citation, Congressman. This initial exchange is pretty emblematic of a lot of the hearing, which is you've got, in this case, a Republican trying to make a point that Mueller screwed up on something. I think he's starting to say here that Mueller was instructed to do a confidential report. So why did he do this massive report that became public? Mm -hmm. And eventually, Mueller answers it. But Mueller was kind of, what page are you on? And the whole time he was, I mean, that was the headline was, what page are you on? <laughs> and, and granted, it's a complicated thing. And yeah. he wants to be very careful about what he says. He's very precise. Yeah. Like, he is, he is not going to say something unless he can be precise about it. And he was trying really hard to not be on one team or the other yeah. in, in this endless hearing. But he doesn't say much, and then you can kind of tell that Sensenbrenner's starting to get annoyed that, gee, I'm already on 30 seconds. I only got four and a half minutes left, and I can't even get the guy to acknowledge. A basic question yeah. about what the, what the role of a special prosecutor was. Yeah. But it got a little more interesting. Director, could you speak more directly into the microphone, please? Yes. Thank you. Well, it's volume two, page... Mr. Chairman, uh, I'm sorry. It's volume two, page one. It said, we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. Yes. That's right in the beginning. Now, since you decided under the OLC opinion that you couldn't prosecute a sitting president, meaning President Trump, why did we have all of this uh, investigation of President Trump that the other side is talking about when you knew that you weren't going to prosecute him. Well, uh, you don't know where the investigation is going to lie. And the OLC opinion itself says that you can continue the investigation even though you are not going to uh, indict the president. I think Sensenbrenner's question is actually really quite dangerous. It's sort of like, well, if we're, if, if we're not going to indict the president, why even bother investigating him? Why hold him accountable to anything? I don't think Mueller made his point as well as he could have, which is... Another, head, another headline for this whole debacle. <laughs> yeah, which is, he could have just said, because that's what I was told to do. Yeah. I mean, he was assigned this job. He took it on sort of as a patriotic duty, and he did bust a whole bunch of people. So... I don't know that it was for not. And, and in other parts of testimony, um, some of the Republicans went after him on, why did you do this? That's not normally the way you do it. And his response was basically, well, this isn't a very normal case. No. You know, this is, uh, 
this is a rather unique task and job that I did here. At one point, talking to a, a Democrat, he had who he had said the Democrat basically asked, "So the only reason you didn't indict Trump was because he's the sitting president?" And Mueller sort of said yes to that, but then he also sort of walked it back later too. Yeah. But there's this sort of the, the there's this sort of debate over if. There's the ruling that the, the Justice Department that basically you cannot indict a sitting president. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mueller's saying that's that's the reason I'm not indicting him, sort of, but not definitively. He's, mm-hmm. He never says, which would be clear, like I had the evidence to indict the president, and I would have done it if he was a private citizen. But because he's the president, I'm not going to indict him. He never goes that far because he says yeah. it wouldn't be fair to do that to the president. No, Sensenbrenner is just winding up to his whole point here. Let's yeah, go back let's to the go take. Back. Okay, well. Uh, if you're not going to indict the president, then you just continue fishing. And uh, that's, you know, that's my ob- my observation. You know, well, sure, sure you, sure you, uh, my time is limited. Sure, you can indict other people, but you can't indict the sitting president. Right? That's true. Okay. This was his whole point of his five minutes was he wanted to say that Mueller had gone on a fishing expedition to try to find anything that would stick on anybody. And Sensenbrenner's back and forth here with Mueller didn't really get much attention at all that I noticed, at least in the major newspapers, except that that word fishing. Yeah. That they'd say Sensenbrenner accused Mueller of going on a fishing expedition. So if we're scoring the points of this bout here, we'd have to give Sensenbrenner a point there for his fishing expedition line. I think he landed that punch. And as he did throughout the hearing, Mueller never counterpunched. No, he didn't. <laughs> Although I and, and he never really threw a punch at all, other than maybe the opening statement a little bit, and at the end about the Russian uh, meddling in our election. Yeah, he definitely pulled his punches. Yeah. But uh, if this is a fishing expedition, there's a lot of fish in this swamp. I did a cartoon about this. You know, there's some stinky some, ones there too. Is some, there are some nefarious, <laughs> dirty people that surra- that are around the president, and Mueller's report showed that. I mean, we found out that the president's campaign manager was basically cutting dirty deals with nasty oligarchs in Ukraine and making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing it. I mean, I'm glad we know this. Yeah, and it was tax evasion, money laundering. There's a lot of nasty stuff in this circle around Trump. That then and and Mueller, the Mueller investigation teased some of it out. And there's probably a lot more to come too, because there are a ton of other investigations that Mueller is not in charge of, that are using information that he found out to as the basis of their investigation. Now, you notice Sensenbrenner mentioned there he's running out of time. He's almost like halfway through already yeah. the time he gets. I think uh, that was Mueller's plan. It's like, I'm just going to fumble for papers through half yeah. of the, through the tarred questions. I'm just going to fumble around for my papers, It basically. could be. Yeah. Let's go back to the tape. Now, there are 182 pages in raw evidentiary material, including hundreds of references to 302, which are interviews by the FBI, for individuals who have never been cross-examined and which did not comply with the special counsel's governing regulation to explain the prosecution or declination decisions reached. Correct? And where are you reading from on that? I'm reading from my question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then could you repeat it? Okay. In a four-hour hearing with very little joy or humor, that was one of the few bright spots. That was actually Uh, the funniest part of the entire hearing. (laughs) Uh, and they both laughed. Uh, yeah. you, you're not seeing the video here, but they both laughed and knew that that was pretty funny and the crowd kind of chuckled and it was a moment of, I don't know, little little levity there for this high-powered hearing. Mueller was always asked people to repeat the question because he just, he just could not. 
like he couldn't hear people right or something, or he wasn't yeah. follow. He wasn't tracking quite right because he just was. That was a, a standard thing. Was could you repeat? You know, where are you getting that? Where, where what am I looking at? You know. Yeah, and there's been speculation. Oh, is he hard of hearing or something? Because he is seventy four. Well, gee, Sensenbrenner is as old as he is. I'm sure. In Mueller's defense, there were some questions that whether it was a Democrat or Republican. It was a long-winded question. Sometimes there were double negatives in the question. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't understand what that question... If I was Mueller, and you know half of these questions are some sort of partisan gotcha point. Yeah. you got to really listen to every word they're saying. And in some cases, it was hard to tell. Are they reading from Mueller's very lengthy report? Yeah. Which he didn't write himself, I'm sure. No, no. And he doesn't know word for word. Are they reading from that report... Or are they kind of paraphrasing and then slipping in their partisan talking points, hoping that then he will say yes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's why he's being so careful. Yeah, I think so. So Sensenbrenner here is going to reread his long-winded question. See if you cannot fully, completely not understand it. If have 182 pages of raw evidentiary material with hundreds of references to 302s who were never been cross-examined and which didn't comply with the governing regulation to explain the prosecution or declaration, declination decisions reached. This is one of those uh, areas which I declined to discuss. Uh, okay, I, then let... And I would direct you to the report itself. Okay, what, well, I looked at the 182 that pages issue. of it. You know, let me switch gears. It's about time. He better switch gears because he's got virtually no time left. Mr. Shabbat and I were on this committee during the Clinton impeachment. Talk about a fishing expedition. I mean, that whole thing started over a, over a you know, $300,000 real estate deal that ended up with, you know, sexual uh, advance or, you know, sexual acts in the in the Oval Office leading to impeachment of the president for basically lying about a relationship he had. That's true, although Hillary Clinton did miraculously make a whole bunch of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the Whitewater thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, while I recognize that the independent counsel statute under which Kenneth Starr operated is different from the special counsel statute, he, in a number of occasions in his report, stated that the President Clinton's actions may have risen to impeachable conduct, recognizing that it is up to the House of Representatives to determine what conduct is impeachable. You never use the term raising to impeachable conduct for any of the 10 instances that the gentlewoman from Texas uh, did. Is it true that there's nothing in volume two of the report that says that the president may have engaged in impeachable conduct? Well, we have... Studiously uh, kept in the the center of our investigation, the our mandate, and our mandate does not go to other ways of addressing conduct. Our mandate goes to uh, what uh, spit it out already. <laughs> I mean, if you are Sensenbrenner and you're on the clock, it's this had to be a, an incredibly frustrating exchange. Oh yeah, yeah. And here he's finally trying to. He's running out of time. He knows the. He probably has even a clock there. Oh yeah, they, I'm sure they know what their time is. So he's yeah. probably thinking, I'm down to 30 seconds, and I still didn't give my and, soliloquy and, and, takedown. And and I'm 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 I'm. He was gonna uh, mumble uh, him out. 
Yeah. It's kind of like he was in the corner where when you're a boxer and you – I don't know if it's rope-a-dope. It's rope-a-dope when you come back and knock the other guy up, but where you just put your hands up and let the guy hit you yeah. for as long as he wants. I mean, and I, that's kind of what Mueller was doing here. I do feel like, I mean, I think this was actually a really good question from Sensenbrenner, too. I mean, I think Mueller yeah. could have said in his report, these offenses could be impeachable in Congress. Yeah. Or they could, I mean, Congress could decide whether, Congress could determine to impeach the president based on these offenses. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean you're, because impeaching is not convicting. It's not kicking him out of office. It's a, it's a political decision, you know. I think maybe Mueller thought that, that was already obvious. The pre- you, you know, Congress can impeach the president for kind of anything they choose to, really. And Mueller decided that he was not going to use the I word. And I think Sensenbrenner is trying to highlight that Mueller did not use the I word, yeah. Democrats. So, so clearly you can't impeach the president. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. If Kenneth Starr had been investigating Donald Trump, you know, talk about a... You know, they, they actually pulled back on a lot of the special prosecutor powers because yeah. Kenneth Starr kind of ran amok for eight years of the Clinton presidency. I mean, Ken Starr was a pit bull and Mueller's just kind of an old watchdog who's sniffing. Yeah, sniffing around, seeing if anything <laughs> doesn't smell quite right. <laughs> but he's not going for the ankle right out of the gate. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what President Clinton got impeached for was so different than what the investigation started as. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Mueller keeps saying, well, I didn't go there. I'm not looking at whether Trump laundered money or any of his financial dealings because that has nothing to do with this. I'm looking at Russian meddling and then obstructing that justice. But yeah. Kenneth Starr's report started with a real estate deal that was shady and turned into something completely different, which ended up being the impeachable offense for Clinton. All right. Let's let Jim Sensenbrenner do his big wrap up moment here. Sounds good. The report and turn the report into the attorney general. With due respect, you know, it's, it seems to me. You know, that there are a couple of statements that you made, you know, that said that this is not for me to decide, and the implication is, is that this is for this committee to decide. Now, you didn't use the word impeachable conduct like Starr did. There was no statute to prevent you from using the word impeachable conduct. And I go back to what Mr. Radcliffe said, and that is, is that even the president is innocent until proven guilty. That seems to be like the new Republican talking point is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, and they got a point. On the one hand, lock her up, send her back. (laughs) You get more scrutiny than an average person when you're the president. That makes sense. On the other hand, the president still has rights like everybody else. In fact, he has more rights because he cannot be prosecuted, we are told, while he's in office. Yeah, he's he's, he's almost be impeached. He's almost above the law, uh, other than, I guess, impeachment. Both these guys, though, are old school, they're from a different era. Oh, Sensenbrenner and Mueller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they have that in Jim common. Jor- Jim Jordan's like, he's a fire-breathing, flame-throwing, yeah. you know. Former par- wrestling champion partis- from UW-Madison, by yeah. the way. Partisan hack. Sensenbrenner is an old-time congressman. He's a bit of, he's almost a statesman. He's a bit of a statesman. You know, he's, you know he's, he remembers the good old days when yeah. Democrats and Republicans talked to each other. Yeah, I think this is as rude as Sensenbrenner can get, and I didn't even think he was rude. No, no, I don't think he was but rude. But I think that was the goal of the hearing. I think he was a little annoyed. Yeah. I think he was annoyed that I he was, was annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess if I had to say who won this big takedown match, which really wasn't at all, it wasn't even, you know, what's the, you do it in cartoons once in a while where there's the slappy slap slap. Oh, yeah, the slap. People don't actually fight or box. They just slappy slap slap. Yes. It's Uh, funnier than boxing. Yeah, that's really funny. I think Sensenbrenner won this exchange, but it's only because Mueller never threw a punch only had his hands up and really didn't do anything but stand in the ring. I don't think Mueller won any of these bouts with anybody. No. Even the Democrats, I think he lost. You know, he, I, I think I think he was. It was a it was a it was an awkward, weird, and kind of a. I would say, if this is the end, if this is the last we hear of 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 Robert Mueller, this was sort of a a a sad final chapter to a really long and storied career. On the other hand. In contrast to a lot of the aggressive partisans going after him on the right side or the just syrupy softball pitching Democrats on like the Mueller, left. How, how do you get your hair that white? It's yeah. really quite impressive. I mean, in contrast really to both sides, he comes across as somebody who really cares about this country he tried to prioritize the Russian meddling in our election above all else. He didn't want to take sides, and he wanted to make dang sure he knew what they were saying before he said something about his umpteen page report. Yeah. Big picture on the hearing. I don't think it changed anything. I mean, the Democrats wanted Mueller to testify so that they could add some pizzazz and some color to yeah. his report because Americans can't be bothered to read the report. Yeah. You just need the sound bites from it. And Mueller offered no sound bites of any value. The Republicans, they were going to claim the whole thing was partisan, and they did a good job of doing that. So if you thought yeah. this was a partisan witch hunt beforehand, you believe it is now. I'm going to get really nerdy real quick, okay? Not too nerdy because I can't you remember. You mean just all of a sudden? Just all of a sudden. But Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones reference, there's yeah. this, there's this uh, one of the grandmeisters, grandmasters, one of these, there's too many characters to know them all in Game What's of Thrones. What's Game of Thrones again? Is that a video game? It's a, it's a, it's a video game, Scott. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not the most popular television show in the history of the universe. Uh, but there's this grand, uh, I think it's called Meisters or Masters, and he's, he's throughout the show, he's this fumbling old guy who seems to kind of lose his place a lot. And then one scene you see that that's all an act. Ah. <laughs> like, he, like you, know, you see that he stretches up, and I think, I think he just, you know, he's sitting across the he stretches up and then and uh, uses all limber, and then he hunches down, and he's the fumbling old fool again. So it was all an act. And I, want, I, I, don't think, I don't know if this was an act for Mueller, but it could have been. This exchange with Jim Sensenbrenner and Robert Mueller reminded me, Phil, actually of the Muppets. You know I'm a big Muppet fan. You are a big yeah. Muppet fan. And so I thought that Robert Mueller was a dead-on uh, Sam Eagle. That's who's that's that's where the voice is. I've been yeah. wondering where that voice is all week. And also, I think Sam Eagle even worked for the CIA or claimed <laughs> that he did. Yeah. And then uh Sensenbrenner is totally Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> Dr. Bunsen Honeydew Dr. from Muppet Labs. Do you know who I mean? I know exactly who you mean. He's, he's, Does he have an assistant named Beaker? Yes. Yeah. Now, Sensenbrenner didn't have an assistant there. Who would be his assistant? Grothman as Beaker? I don't know. The, the hair's about right. Yeah. By the way, did you hear Trump mispronounce Grothman's name again at another rally? It's that hard to pronounce, huh? <laughs> it's Grothman. Not Grothman. Sam, the American Eagle, what is man's role in the universe? To be decent and to work hard, next question. 
peace and courage. It is the American way. Someone must work for integrity and decency. CIA, Interpol. This is my travel badge. Here's my real badge. Find and follow our podcast, Center Stage with Milford and Hands, on your favorite podcasting app or at go.madison.com slash center stage. To subscribe to the Wisconsin State Journal, go to madison.com slash subscribe now. You can get a digital subscription for just five bucks a month or the paper and digital for less than a buck a day. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester.